0: Hey, welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome back to 2022. I hope you had a, a, a Merry Christmas uh, and Happy New Year as best you could over the last week anyway. I, 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 had, I had a good break, all right? I, I loved our Christmas services. How many of you were here for Christmas services? So good, so good, right? And I, I love taking a break with my family and just taking a breath before kind of rushing into 2022. You know, there, there are certain, I don't know what to call them, windows in the calendar, um, which lend themselves to like calling a timeout and reviewing. Right? Not only what your past has been like or your last year has been like, but also what you want your future, what you want 2022 to look like, and what adjustments it will take to make that future become a reality. It's kind of what that, that, that Adele song just said is like, I have intentions and I have hopes, but what's it gonna take for that to become a reality in, in, in my life? All right? And I'm not talking about some like cliche New Year's resolutions. We've already broken those, it's day two, right? But, 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 but having a vision for your life. Right, And then making a strategy of what it will take for that vision to become this is my life and by putting it into practice. Not just thinking about it, but doing some stuff. For example, um, one year ago, I, I, was, I, was, I liked to go to the gym. I was in shape, basically, all right? And I consider myself in pretty good shape, but I also knew this, is that my diet was trash. I'd work out, but then I'd just go to Chick-fil-A. I have 48,000 points at Chick-fil-A. I, I, I'm a big fan. Anyway, but um, I have shame with that, too. But I wake up every morning, my body was aching, all right? I also shared this a year ago. Um, emotionally and spiritually, I just felt stuck. Remember that? You ever feel just stuck? It's not bad, you just kind of kind of stuck. And so I was talking to a buddy of mine who had done this 75 hard thing, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna try that. And so I tried it, and, and it was a total lifestyle change. It's not just about working out or changing your body or just changing your health, but my entire approach to life changed for 75 days, and not just for 75 days, but it's, it's, it's continued on throughout this year. But over the last couple of months, I've noticed it's kind of going downhill. So as of yesterday, I started again, all right? So I'm on day two of 75, I've got 73 more to go, all right? Now, I tell you that for a couple reasons, all right? First of all, if I say it out publicly, then there's accountability. Because some of you will come up and go, how's it going? And I'll either tell you the truth or lie. But at least it's out there, okay? <laughs> Second is this, is last year when I talked about going, doing 75 hard, several hundred people at Flatirons and online said, hey, I'm gonna try it too, and it, it really did some good things in their life. But here's the third reason why I'm starting it today. Uh, in, in April, um, I turned 60, and my, I know, I know. And uh, hello, kids, uh, uh, but um, I, I want, my goal is to, to kill 60. I wanna I want be in the best shape of my life, all right? So, so But the, the primary reason I tell you that is not some motivational, be the best version of you, you can be speech, all right? But because what's true in one part of my life or your life is usually true in a lot of areas of your life and what is true in, a, in an individual person's life can also be applied to an organization's life, like a church's life, like, a, like, a, like your business or whatever it is, but today we're gonna apply it to flat ends, and here's what I mean by that. Before we rush into 2022, what I wanna do is call it a timeout, all right, and first of all, take a look at who we are. Some of you are new to this church, maybe this is your first time ever being here, whatever that is, I wanna look at who we are, this church you find yourself in, take a look at what we've been doing over the past and what God's been doing through this church over the last year, and then I wanna use today to cast a vision and then make a strategy to implement what we're gonna be about for the next year together as a church. And then you can decide if you wanna be here or not. I hope you, I hope you will though, right? So today, before we rush into the next year, we're gonna take a look at this is Flatirons, this is who we've been, this is who we are, and this is who we're gonna be. So I'm gonna give you a little History here, and then uh, uh, I really love how we're going to close our service uh, in prayer today, praying for some people that are really hurting in our world. Okay, so so let's let's go back a few years. So back in the summer of 2005, all right, I I was living in Kentucky, working at a church back there. I got a phone call from a friend of mine. His name's Mike Bro. He'd been contacted by a church headhunting group. I didn't know that was a thing. Okay, but every every. Every organization has headhunting groups. So they were looking for the names of people that they could give to this church uh, out in Colorado who would be a good candidate to maybe come out and be the pastor of a church called Flatirons Community Church. And so Mike asked, hey, can I give them your name? And I went, sure, why not? Although at that point, I didn't know what a flat iron was. And everybody that moved from out of state going, I didn't either, okay? It's a stake, that's all I knew, okay? So, all right? So a few days later, I received a packet in the mail from Flatirons Community Church, and when I opened it, right, I opened a piece of paper, and at the top of the letterhead was a mission statement that said this. It says that we exist, here's why this church exists, to bring the awesome life of Christ to a lost and broken world. And that got my attention. It got my attention because, at least on paper, right? I hadn't been here yet. On paper, there was a church that managed to hold on to two of the highest priorities that a person can find in the Bible, and that is the awesome life of Christ and hold on to people who are lost and broken and don't know that this awesome life of Christ is available to them. See, if you spend much time in church world, and I was raised in it, my dad was a pastor, my grandpa's a pastor, my kid's a pastor, all right? so I, I, I'm churched, all right? But what you typically find is that most churches choose one or the other, right? They will either hold on to and run after Jesus, but when they find Jesus, they circle the wagons, they take care of themselves, and they stop caring about people who don't know Jesus. We got ours, good luck finding yours. There's a lot of churches out there, right? All the way over to this is that some churches, in the name of, I don't know, social justice or political correctness, they attempt to take care of the physical needs, the emotional needs, the financial needs of people, but many times, they let go of Jesus. Trying to take care of people, they let go of Jesus and what he says is true. So again, the more I got to know this place called Flatirons, all right, I found a community that says, let's hold on to and run after both. Let's run after and hold on to Jesus and what he says is true and leads to an awesome life and let's also reach out to and hold on to people who don't know Jesus but if they were given a chance to meet him and bump into him and spend some time with him in their own time, in their own way, if given a safe space to just kind of work some stuff out with God, they would discover how good Jesus is and how, how good life could be with him. So my first question that I wanna answer today is this, who is Flatirons, which church you find yourself in, what are we about? Who is it and who will we always be? Here it is, Flatirons exists to bring the awesome life of Jesus to lost and broken people living in a lost and broken world. Now some of those terms in there might bring something up in you and go like, I don't know if that's me. Eh, let's see, okay? First of all, let's look at this later, the awesome life of Jesus. What, what does that mean? The awesome life of Jesus is basically this, living every day of your life in this life, and then continuing on into eternity, but living every day of your life with Jesus, all right? You live every day with no condemnation, forgiven all of your sins from your past, and not worried about, you know, are my sins in the future gonna be forgiven? They are. You're gonna be empowered by the Holy Spirit of Jesus living inside of you as you pursue what he says is right and true and works best in this life, works best in this world that he created. We call it around here a with God kind of life. It doesn't, it's not after your funeral, it's now. I wanna live every day of my life with God. That's this life that Jesus says is possible. And who are we gonna bring that to? Lost and broken, right, lost and broken. Now, again, that's gonna bring up some of us going, I'm not lost, okay. Lost can mean several things, okay? How about this, lost for some of us means, according to the Bible, that we haven't yet accepted and received the grace and forgiveness that Jesus says is available to us, and the Bible says that, that we're lost if we're not covered by the grace of Jesus. We're still cut off, our sin cuts us off with intimacy with God. He still loves us, we just can't be close to him. The Bible calls it, and this is pretty strong, dead in our sins and under condemnation. A lot of us feel that, have felt that. So the opposite would be found, right? Lost and found. Found would mean a day came in my life where I put some level of faith and trust as best I could in Jesus as to who he is and what he has promised to me. The opposite of lost would be found. I am saved by grace. He gives me forgiveness by faith in Jesus. This is what we teach around here a lot. So lost could be a spiritual thing. But for some of us, lost means we're saved, we're forgiven, we're fine with God. So... I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm just lost in life. Anybody? I'm, I, I believe in Jesus, I just, I'm lost in my marriage. I'm lost in how to figure out relationships, I'm lost in how to parent these kids, I'm lost in how to get along with these, these parents, right? I'm lost in my career, I feel empty inside, I'm lost in my money and my finances, I'm lost in my health, I'm lost in my addictions, I believe in Jesus, I just, I have got a messed up life. Right? So that's lost, how about broken? If you live any amount of time in this life, the circumstances of this life, either your own decisions or the decisions of other people that, that land on you, leave you and me, all of us, we live with some level of brokenness. All of us, all right? I'm not throwing stones. When I went on sabbatical, people said, hey, when he comes back, he'll be healthy. <laughs> no, I'll be healthier, but I'm not fixed. I mean, I'm, I'm getting better, I hope. What do you think? I, I don't know, right? But, but we all carry some level of brokenness. So, so look at this, all right? If we, if we open up God's word, if we find this. This is a guy named John writes this. He says, if we, and he's talking about us, if we'll just confess our sins to God, God is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So when it says God is faithful, it means he keeps his promises. He says, if you'll put your faith and trust in my son Jesus, all your sins will be forgiven. So listen, I, I've done that. And a lot of you have done that. I'm forgiven, I'm not lost spiritually, I'm saved. Listen, if I were to to die today, if I get hit by a bus, you can be sad, it's all right, all right, right? But don't worry about me, I'm fine. Why? I'm with Jesus, I have no threat of hell, I have no threat of condemnation, because I'm I'm covered by the blood of Christ. Does that make sense? So if we go to God, he will forgive us. Now now look at this, this is James, who's a half-brother of Jesus, look at this, he says, therefore, right, confess your sins to who? Not God, we already did that and we're forgiven. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be, what's the word? Healed, okay? So while while only God can give us forgiveness through what Jesus did for us, one of the jobs of this church, all churches, but this church is to be a place where we can come together and find forgiveness from God, but healing from one another. Help each other right, heal. I'm forgiven for what broke me. I'm forgiven what I did that broke somebody else, but now I need some healing. I'm forgiven, I just got some parts of my life. Does anybody else have stuff in their life you know you're forgiven for, you just need some healing? Anybody? It's like seven of us. Some of you need healing from lying. Okay, so yeah, me, me too, right? But at flatters we're gonna run after both, both forgiveness and healing. Does that make sense? John, John, uh, again, one of Jesus' best friends, he says that when Jesus came, this is in John chapter one, Jesus was full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, and as a church, we wanna be full of the same, truth. We wanna be a church of, of truth. This is what Jesus says is right and true and leads to life. We also wanna be a church of grace. There's forgiveness and healing for all of us who have fallen short of that truth, and that would be all of us. Right? So we need that grace, why? So we don't grow weary and lose heart when life gets really, really hard like this last week has been. But we can forget the past and we continue to press on towards the goal, the prize, this awesome life that Jesus says is possible and God has promised to us. We're gonna keep on running. Now, here's the thing about this, okay? Some of you are going, I don't understand what this has to do with me. Well, you're about. Here's the thing, all right? When you try to hold on to both grace and truth, When you try to hold on to both Jesus and lost and broken, messy people, here's what I have experienced in my life. You get shot from both sides. Do you know what I mean by that? But both sides, right? How about this? There's people who don't follow Jesus. They look at me, they look at flat irons, and they, they say that place is mean and hateful and closed minded because it holds on to what the Bible teaches when it comes to what God, not flat irons, what God defined as right and true in big areas of life. Like this is what Jesus said about marriage and family and sex and gender, and you're holding on to that, so you're mean. So we get shot by them. But we also get shot internally. Like, like, like people who claim to follow Jesus, let's just call them Christians. I don't know. All right, all right. they accuse flat irons of watering down the gospel and being Bible light. Because if you're we really teaching the real truth, we wouldn't have this many people showing up. There are. This is so great, right? There are entire podcast and YouTube channels dedicated to criticizing me and this church. I, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I do. All right. See, but here's. The, I'm okay with that, right? What they're usually criticizing, and that's probably gonna make a clip. It's gonna go viral, right there. Okay. They're usually not criticizing our content or our message, but our methodology, right? And I get that, right? We're not, and we're okay with this by the way, we're not the church for everyone's personal taste and preference, but we know who we are and we know our mission and we know what we're trying to do. For example, you won't get me fired up, say I'm bible light. Listen, we are not bible light. We teach as much Bible as any church I've ever been a part of or heard of. You know what we are? We are boring light. Can I get an amen, all right? See I, I, see, I think that Jesus was the best teacher to ever walk on the planet because when he taught old ancient truths, he did it in a way that made sense, that people understood by comparing these, these spiritual truths to things that they already understood, like sheep or farming or what fishing, right? And then he would connect the dots and go, you see, with God, it's kind of the same thing. The most common response after Jesus taught was this, people heard him and they were amazed because he taught, not new things, but he taught old things in a way that made sense, that connected with their real lives. I think it's the biggest sin, churches, here's the biggest sin I think of a lot of churches anyway, is that they teach the best news ever in a way that people find boring. It's not boring, it's it's good news. God loves you, he doesn't hate you, and he's not done with any of us. That's, that's really, really, really good news. Let me, get, let me give you some more history, right? Half the room wasn't even born. 1982, you know you are, all right? So I was a sophomore at Milligan College in Tennessee, and I was sitting on a curb behind my girlfriend's dorm, Robin, I married her, 37 years, worked, all right? Um, I'm sitting in her back parking lot, I'm pre-med, <laughs> I don't know, just go with it, all right? I'm on every, I'm on every probation that college offered too, but, but, uh, but I am, <laughs> that's true. I'm sitting on a curb in, in, in her dorm parking lot and I'm arguing with God because I sensed that he wanted me to become a pastor, right? And I did not wanna do that, right? I, I, it's not because I didn't love Jesus. I've always loved Jesus, all right? Here's why I didn't wanna be a pastor. I couldn't stand Christians, they're the meanest, most backstabbing, hypocritical people I'd ever met. They almost destroyed my family, they almost destroyed my dad when they fired him from that church and tossed him to the curb. There's no way I was ever gonna be a pastor. So I'm sitting there arguing with God, and so I finally looked up at heaven, I made a deal with God. I don't know if you're supposed to do that. Okay, God on one condition, right? And, I, I, and I'm sure God was going, oh what, Jim? I'm so nervous, you know, so. <laughs> I, I, I remember saying this, or praying this, whatever you wanna call it. Hey, hey God, I'll do this pastor minister thing as long as, as long as I get to talk about real stuff in real ways to real people that they're really dealing with. Something that I had never gotten but always needed all the way through high school and all the way through college. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I am not. I was gonna say I'm not crazy, but <laughs> jury's out. Um, <laughs> as clear as I've ever heard any voice, I know what God said to me. He looked at me sitting there on that curb and says, Jim, I wouldn't want you to do anything else. So I said okay, then I'm in. And I became a youth pastor because students are the only people you can actually be honest with, thanks guys, right? Which is simply, here's why I love this church. This is just youth ministry for adults. That's what we do here. we, We teach grace and truth. We do it in a raw and real way. I love this place. I hope you love this place. I love walking through you know, through, through the lobby, or I love uh, parking lots or restaurants or ball games, all right? And I'll see some dude, a big burly guy comes up to me and he'll high five me and goes, hey, Pastor Jim, thanks for not being a kitty cat, right? All right? And I'm like, all right, all right. So, Or, or like, that was an awesome. And I'm like, thank you. Right, here's my favorite thing that I hear from you all. This is the first place where it actually makes sense. Gone to church all my life, Catholic church, Protestant church. This is the first place that's actually... Helpful. Well, raw and real, you know what? Some people don't like raw and real. You know what, you know what? that's okay. I, like I don't get invited to speak at conferences anymore. <laughs> I, I used to, all right? Like I was invited to speak at two church planning conferences. A church planning conference is for young men and women who say, you know, I really care about lost and broken, messy people in the world and I wanna go to a place in the world where there are no churches and I wanna start my own church. So I'm teaching them, all right? I'm telling them about you guys and stuff like that. And in my talk, I, I might have dropped the F-bomb twice, um, and the Twitter world went crazy, oh, pastor, right, right, right. I got a standing ovation, by the way, and then they canceled me for the next conference, and you know what, I'm okay with that, because I hate conferences, but I do love this, I do love this, and, and by, by the way, when I dropped the F-bomb, I was actually quoting one of you in my lobby out there, so thank you for that, all right, um, you know who you are, and the other thing, the other thing we get hammered for around here, this is just family talk today, all right? We get, we get a lot of criticism for our music, not in the quality of our music, it's amazing, Adele. I mean, come on, right? Uh, we, I love our music around here. But here's what I'm talking about, okay? There are, there are some Christians out there, and you know who you are, who are so uptight. I mean, you're uptight, all right, right? That if we play a worship song written by an artist who's part of a church out there that doesn't line up with your theology, you write me an email that says we should avoid all music that comes out of that church. Listen. That would be stupid, right, why, why? Because if we took that route, we can't sing Amazing Grace because the guy who wrote it used to own slaves. Listen, God changes people. How about this, there are no perfect churches, there are no perfect songwriters, but if a song points to a perfect Jesus, we're gonna sing about it, amen? Amen. Okay, so here's the other, here's the other. um, The other area of music we criticize for is that we play non-Christian music. We play secular music, right, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Why? Several reasons. Okay? First the biblical one. <laughs> right? So if you read through scripture, you will find a lot of the teachers, and particularly Jesus and a guy named Paul, who when they would teach, they would quote popular, local, non-religious or teachers and philosophers from other religions, they would quote those people and point out that the questions that they were asking or or the empty truths that they were offering then they would show this is what Jesus can meet that need. That's why we do it, and in today's world and in today's culture, musicians and artists and actors and social media are today's influencers. Influencers. So if we can use their songs to point to what Jesus actually says is right and true, I'm gonna do it, all right? The other reason we play non-church, non-Christian, secular songs is we just dig good music. All right? And we like good music, and we like it loud. And if us playing a song that someone listened to when they're not in church helps kind of lower their defenses and their boundaries and makes them open to listening to the rest of the service and what Jesus might wanna say, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it a lot, and we're gonna do it really, 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 really well. I had a conversation uh, last month, okay? Uh, I, I asked this guy, I said, hey, how did you end up at Flatirons? And I've had this conversation hundreds of times, all right? I said, how'd you end up at Flatirons? And he said this, he lived in Arkansas, all right? And he says, I was surfing YouTube, because I like to find you know, videos and music, stuff like that, and I found a cover of, a, of an Imagine Dragons song, it's my favorite band, and I listened to it, and then I found out it was put out by a church called Flatirons, so I started listening to Flatirons, and I kept listening, and kept listening, kept listening, and then he flew in here last month, and I baptized him right there, right? How about this? I was having a drink with my friend Larry, who's standing right over there, right? right uh, uh, the other day, and I said, How, how'd you get to And He says, I came here with my family. I was at another place, but I came here on Saturday night and I was sitting up there. I came in and I sat down and you all played a Led Zeppelin song and I had never left. <laughs> and now he, leads, he helps lead our security team. See, I could give you hundreds, hundreds of stories like that. Some of your stories are like that. But here's the deal, okay? Some of you get it, some of you don't. Some of you like it, some of you don't, that's okay. But please don't throw that card, this doesn't belong in church. See, as long as I'm not advocating sin, there are no rules as to what this is supposed to look like. There's no chapter in the Bible that says, a church service should start with this, followed by this, followed by this, and close with this. All right, here's the only rules for church. Was it used to bring glory to God, and did it it reach the people that God wanted to reach? End of story. The number one question asked of Jesus had nothing to do with how you should do church or what kind of songs you should play in church, all right? Or, you know what, the, 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 the most popular questions asked of Jesus didn't even include who goes to heaven and go, who goes to hell. They asked him that, wasn't at the top of the list. The number one question asked of Jesus was some form of this. Hey Jesus, why do you hang out with, care about, spend time with people like that? And then they pointed at that, and that was tax collectors and sinners, and tax collectors in the Bible are social, religious, and political outcasts, and anytime you see the word sinners, it's just code for sexually screwed up people. Jesus, why do you hang out with people like that? Why do you wanna party with people like that? Why do you wanna eat dinner with people like that? And the best answer that Jesus ever sent back to the self-righteous religious people who were asking the question was this. And by the way, he sent the answer while sitting in the middle of a party with tax collectors and sinners. He go, oh, this is a question? Go outside and tell them this. And he says, for the son of man, and he's talking about himself, for I came to seek and save the lost. This is why I'm here. I'm actually here for people who don't go to temple, who don't know the rules, who are lost, who have a lot of mistakes and a lot of baggage, and unless I step in and have dinner with them and spend some time with them and go to their parties and put my arm around them and say, hey, do you wanna be friends before we even get into the junk of your life, they're lost. And I care about them. So if we're gonna be accused of something or get shot from both sides for something, I'm okay with being the same things that Jesus was criticized and crucified for. If they're gonna yell at us for the same thing, I'm okay with that. Now, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna do a, we do this every year around here. We're gonna teach through our values, like the big rocks, that everything that we do here at Earth, it's why we do it, and it's also why we don't do some things. These are the big rocks it's built on. But let me simply say this. Everything that we do, at Flatirons, as you decide if you wanna keep on going with this, and I hope you do, is in pursuit of three goals, three ends, right? All the means around here all go to these three ends. Here they are, right? We wanna we want create environments and opportunities both in person, like you're sitting in right now, right, and online, like you're watching online right now, where more and more lost and broken people can bump into and experience the real, true Jesus. Everything we're trying to do there is go, hey, this is Jesus. I might, you might have heard some junk about him, some stuff's not true. Here's who he really is, think about it. That's what we're doing right now, okay? Followed by this, we wanna create opportunities for more and more new believers, people who sit and go, I think I actually believe now, to, to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That was the point of the church in the book of Acts. It's the point of Flatirons. We want people to meet Jesus and go, I think I trust you with my life symbolized by baptism, followed by this, we wanna create more and more opportunities for followers of Jesus to experience ongoing, lifelong, this isn't gonna stop for all right? it's going to be our whole life, spiritual formation, we wanna be spiritually reformed. All right. Some of you may have grown up with the word discipleship, same word. As they grow into becoming more and more like the kind of person that Jesus is, both in purpose and personality, this is what we do. I wanna become more like that kind of guy. I want. I wanna treat people like that guy treated people. I wanna love people the way, the way Jesus did that, right? Everything that we do must serve one or more of those things, right? Or, or we're off mission. Are more and more lost and broken people actually bumping into and meeting Jesus? Are more and more people being baptized because they have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? I'm not in charge of how long that takes. That's between you and God. And are more and more people growing in their faith? Are we becoming more like Jesus, or are we just stagnant? Right? It's not one out of three, or two out of three. Everything we do here is about all three. So when we talk about, hey, hey we're paying, let me talk to online, we're paying attention to where a critical mass of, of people are listening to flat online, online somewhere in the world, it's because our end, our goal, is to reach more and more lost and broken people out there in the world, and that might mean, the reason we count how many views are out there, it might mean planting a church in a part of the world or the state or, or the country where there's 100 people over there or 50 people over there. We wanna plant a church there someday. So when you hear us talk about how many people showed up at Christmas, which is almost 19,000 people, right? Right here in the middle of COVID, right? And they showed up, and then tens of thousands more online. Why do, we, why do we bring out numbers like that? It's because during that hour, thousands and thousands of lost and broken people heard, maybe for the first time, that God does not hate them. And he loves them and has a plan for their life. The same way when we say this, hey, this many people got baptized last week. You're not putting a notch in our belt or something like that. It's because every number represents a person who has declared allegiance to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and now their life and the life of their family will never be the same again. That event right there might've broken generational curses. We're going for that. When you hear us constantly championing, and we're gonna hear this a lot in the next two months, right? hey, listen, we learn in rows, but you need to get in a small group. Or, or how about this, you need to show up at one of our campuses and volunteer to pack meals for hungry people around the world. Or, uh, or, or in, in, in November, 1,400 men and their sons showed up every, every Tuesday morning at 6.30 in the morning for, for a month, and hundreds more stepped across a thin red line. We're not bragging about anything, we're saying that people are actually taking steps in their life, going, I wanna be more like Jesus. I wanna, I wanna get closer to Jesus. When I tell you this, I'm about to blow your mind. When I tell you that the three weeks in December, we raised through offerings and pledges almost $3.6 million for our next generation. Largest offering we've ever received here for our kids. So we're not bragging on ourselves. We're we're simply agreeing with what Jesus taught. He says, your money and your heart are always gonna be in the same place. And apparently, Flatterns, there are a lot of hearts and wallets who line up with Jesus. Thank you. There's there's students out there who don't even know about God, and in the next year they're gonna have to call him Lord and Savior. So there are three things that we're running after as we bring the awesome life of Christ to people living in a lost and broken world. And God's done amazing things here. And we get, before we rush into twenty two. Just take a time out. In 2021, in spite of COVID, we saw more new people from across the world bump into Jesus through our campuses and online than in the history of this church in the middle of COVID. In 2021, in spite of COVID, we saw 1,700 men, women, and children baptized at one of our campuses, plus another 1,437 men and women accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior after listening to flat irons in a prison through the Pando app that you guys finance. That's amazing. Give it up, yeah. Which means what I'm saying right now is gonna go on an app called Pando and be broadcast in hundreds of prisons across the country. And men and women, Jesus loves you. He's not giving up on you, and we haven't either. We love you. In 2021, we saw our small group ministry hold this church together through a pandemic. We saw 14,000 people pursue a 35-day challenge to read their Bibles every day. We saw 1,400 men and their sons commit to Bible study every week. So before we rush into 2022, let's just pause. Remember what God has done before, he'll do it again. Now, time out here, right? Small groups. So you go, I don't do that. I know, that's probably why you're stuck, like me. So in February, we're gonna launch our small groups again, but you know what we need to do starting today? I need about 100, 200 new leaders to say, I wanna wanna lead a small group. See that QR code, it's not witchcraft, I thought it was at first, it's not, it's magic, all right? But you can take a picture of that, that will take you to a place going, I wanna find out more about being a leader. At all of our campuses right now, out in the lobby, you can go out there and you can find more about becoming a leader. You don't have to have a Bible degree, you don't have to be an expert in theology, all you have to do is go, you know what? I'm gonna do for some other people what was never done for me. I'm just gonna gather some people around a table and go, how are you doing? I'll be there for you." You know what our small groups are doing right now? They're gathering around people in Louisville and Superior. They're walking the streets and they're handing out breakfast burritos. They're being the arms and hands and face of Jesus. This is what we do in groups. We take care of each other, but then we get together and go, how can we serve? We can be Jesus with a face on. This is what groups do, we need leaders out there. We need all kinds, men's groups, women's groups, couples groups, singles groups, left-handed people with glasses groups. I don't know, whatever you're into, we need, going, you know, I'll do it, I'll do it, why not? So you sign up for that. The other, the other, the other thing is, is this, is that, Christmas on Sunday, I, 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 it's not, not in my notes, I just went, you know what, no, no one's ever given a million dollars. Remember I said that, some of you were, and I was really nervous, like, no one's ever given a million dollars, but you're out there. And they showed up. They showed up, now listen, listen. <laughs> but you don't have to give a million dollars to take care of the next generation. Most of the gifts, $100, $50, $10. That's all I have. And the million dollar gift and the $10 gift all go in one big bucket and we give it to Jesus. And it's his, right? Let me talk to Next Gen, all right? This Tuesday, in this room, all our campuses, you're going back to school, this week. get get all your friends, load up a car, steal a car and load it, I don't care. Get to, don't, don't, don't do that, all right? Get to this campus, seven o'clock this Tuesday, middle school, high school students, we're gonna have a huge rally here to show you're not alone. If you're interested in being a leader, you just come. Parents, you can come if you'll stay in the balcony. Give us some space All right, and, uh, and, and come here and go, I wanna find out what God's about to do in this next generation. We're, we're, we're gonna run after this, okay? Here's, here's what I know, I know. I believe that what God has done before, he's just getting warmed up and he's gonna do it again. So look back to the last year. I, I don't know what your favorite moment was. I've looked at that video and I thought I had it picked out and then I saw I gotta baptize my friend who's fighting cancer down here. And I love watching dads baptize their daughters. That gets me. Probably the one that comes, and I said this a couple weeks ago, the moment I wait for every year is this one. Um, our Christmas service, right? And we all had the candles in our hands, right? And if you missed it, you missed it. Um, uh, but I, I said this, remember? I called out a lot of different groups, but I said, hey, if you've gone through something in the last year and you're not sure you would have gone through it if you weren't sure that Jesus was with you, would you raise your candle? Do You remember what happened? almost every candle in the room raised up, and my, my only response was, well, I didn't God good. Earlier in the series, uh, we had a young lady up here who fought epilepsy and brain tumors, and I remember saying in my talk, and I didn't realize it was gonna be kind of prophetic, um, hey, you're gonna go through cancer, you're either gonna go through it with Jesus or without Jesus, remember? Hey, you're gonna go through a divorce this year. You're gonna do it with him or without him. You're gonna go through bankruptcy. You're gonna go through this. You know what I didn't put on, I didn't even think to put on the list. I thought we were past this. Hey, you're gonna go through a fire, fire. You didn't vote for it and you didn't see it coming. It happened in minutes. And you can either go through this with Jesus or you can go through it without it, but you're still gonna go through it. I had no idea what was, what was coming, did you? See, last year, was, last, last, year, last year was good, all right? But we all went through some stuff in the middle of the good and Jesus was good and he was with us, it's why we're still alive, all right? And I trust that 2022 is gonna be good as well, but the reality is there is some hard stuff coming that we don't even know about and we have no idea because we would not have voted for it, but we're we not have to deal with it. But we're gonna either do it with Jesus or without him. Here's one thing we can be sure of. God is good, and God will be with you this year, and we don't have to face one minute of, of, of it alone. I had this, there's uh, so something broken in my truck, and so whenever I turn my truck on, it just picks a random song on my, on my phone to start playing. The weirdest stuff, that, that I didn't even know was there, right? But this worship song popped up, and I'm gonna give the Holy Spirit credit for it, but there's these lyrics that, that popped up, in it, and, and we're gonna sing them in a minute, um, that sum up 2021 for me, and I, I think it's a, kind of a preview of what's coming in 2022. The, the lyrics said this. Ah, you've been so, so good to me. You've been so, so good to me. And this is the part that got me. Oh, to think where I would be if not for you. Think about it. You've been good to me, oh, to think where I'd be if not for you. Answer that in your mind. Divorced, addicted, fired, homeless, kicked out, dead. Here's the one thing that we do not have to worry about, being alone. For his very name is, he's with us, right? We're never alone. He said, Jesus is the light of the world. Then he says, church, I want you to be go light up my world because it's gonna get really, really dark. And it's gonna go from fires to freezing like that. So here's how I wanna close our service today. I'm just trying to figure out how the best way to do this is. I know that a lot of us that call Flatirons home, your house is burned down Thursday. So here, if, if you lost your home in a fire at all of our campuses, listen. If someone in your family lost a home, if you're connected to through friendship, somebody lost their home, I'm gonna ask you to stand up so you can represent that family that may not be here today and we're gonna pray for you. So if in any of those, if you lost it or you're connected through friendship or family, with somebody who lost their home, will you, will you stand up? overwhelming so i'm gonna pray and when i say amen we'll all stand together and we're gonna learn this new song together and um here's here's the thing jesus says we're the light of the world everybody keeps emailing me going what can i do to help what can i do to help i don't know right now i've been asking and they'll tell us when we know that just go be a light in the world if you see a need, go meet a need, whether it's connected to the fire or not. If it's if it's seeing a, a first responder, it just looks tired because they've been looking into hell for the last week. And say, I believe in you. What can I do for you? Find out somebody needs money. Give them some money. If somebody needs a home, give them a home. This is what the church is, all right? So I'm going to pray for you, all the families that are standing. Would you just would you just kind of pick one out? and Just like pray for what as I do this. And so God, I. I stand here just reminding, reminding us that as dark and as hopeless as the world feels sometimes like it's the valley of the shadow of death that we serve a God who doesn't promise us uh, freedom from fires or, or 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 hardship. He actually said, Jesus, in this world you have trouble, but your specialty is reaching into ashes and bringing something beautiful up out of it. And I know that's what you've done before. I know it's what you're gonna do again, and we don't understand it. We don't like the process at all, but we're gonna hold on to you, Jesus. Where else would we go? Who else would we run to except you, Father? So we pray comfort for those who have lost so much. We also, God, we give you thanks just amazing Thanksgiving that you preserve life. Because we can, we can replace most things, we can't replace moms and dads and sons and daughters. I, 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 for anybody that's missing out there, God, I pray that, that you're taking care of them and that they'll be found soon. And you'll calm the families' members whose hearts are just really, really worried right now. God, where, do we, where would we go in times like this if it was not for you? Where would we be if it was not for you? So we don't ever have to ask that question again because we will always have you. You're always beside us. You're always right there with us. And so for those who have lost hope, God, as only you can do supernaturally through your spirit, will you put your arms around them and say, I'm right here and I'll walk through this fire with you because I'm good. Jesus, we love you. We're hurting right now, but we're gonna trust you to bring beauty out of ashes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's all stand and worship together.